This episode is sponsored by Fantasy Flight Games. One of the Board Game Geek podcast, where we geek out about board games, the mechanisms behind them, and the people who create them. I'm your host, Candace Harris, and I'm super excited to be here today with my good friend, Steph Hodge, from All the Meeples of the Rainbow. How's it going today, Steph? Oh, I'm doing awesome. You know, all the games, all the time. That's what, I, that's what I'm here the for. Games. <laughs> <laughs> I I love it. And you are, again... You are the second person to be on this podcast for a second time because this is kind of a tradition now that we um, hop on together and talk about the uh, Board Game Geek Holiday Gift Guide. So today we're going to be discussing the 2023 Board Game Geek Holiday Gift Guide. And yeah, Steph plays all the games, like literally her, she blogs about games, is playing games all the time. I don't think you sleep, do you? Nope. I just play games. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's my nutrition, you know? It's like I, you know, I wake up, I eat games for breakfast, I play games all day. <laughs> my pillow is my game. It's just, it's all good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yeah, we, we were both um, super fresh back from BGG Con. And um, because of uh, this episode is dropping the day after Thanksgiving, we are putting this episode here. But the next episode is going to be kind of a BGG, uh, BGG Con recap episode that I'm going to do. So I'm not going to be talking too much about BGG Con on this episode. But needless to say, I had a blast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we started this tradition last year, Steph, Michael, Matt, and I, where on the last day of BGG Con, we always try to get a game in together. Uh, last year, it was Deal with the Devil. We were all playing for the first time. Epic. <laughs> <laughs> and then this year, because I'm pretty sure it's you kind of uh, steered me in the direction of checking out Nemesis. So we all played Nemesis together with Derek also. <laughs> that was awesome. It was Derek's first time playing, but he he caught on and, you know, died like a newbie would. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, Derek, like the path that he, he walked in a room, set it on fire, walked in another room, set it on fire. Then an event <laughs> started setting other rooms on fire. And but thankfully, he eventually found what I forget what the fire room is called, but he was able to. uh yeah. To turn the sprinklers on and we <laughs> we we didn't all die from that. Um and then and it was then it close was, though. It was very close. We almost died collectively multiple times. Um <laughs> and this nemesis. Was, <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say, like, this is the first time that I've played Nemesis. I think that might have been the fifth time I've played Total since about August. And no, I know. Like at Gen Con, you came to me. He's like, you're like, uh, would I like Nemesis? I'm like, yes, it's amazing. <laughs> and then, and then from there, you like deep dived it. You like yeah, full on Nemesis. And then, you know what? It's amazing. Uh, it, I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And this was the very first game that someone actually won. Like every other game I've played, we always <laughs> all lose. Like 
one game came really close and uh it was it was really funny because I there were three of us that were still alive. I died trying to get into the like hibernatorium and and then there were two other players left and one of them died um I think because he was contaminated at the very end and the other person was not <laughs> contaminated but her her objective was to have one other player living oh, no. so because he died she lost the game too technically but like yeah this game was wild because you, Michael, and Matt all made it out alive. Yeah. And I almost did. I almost I, did. I was a soldier. I had a gun that that held uh, seven rounds. And I had energy <laughs> charge. I had, think I had five energy charges. So I was ready to go. I was ready to take on any <laughs> alien that came my way. I was super strong. And I had no like infection, nothing. I had no contaminations at all. I was... I was a good soldier. <laughs> locked and loaded, locked and loaded. Locked and loaded, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I made it into an escape pod, but then I had one of my contamination cards was infected, and the way the game works is at the end of the game, if any of your contamination cards are infected, you have to shuffle your entire deck and draw four cards. And if any of those four cards are a contamination card, you die. So like thematically what happened was I got on the, the, I got in my pod, I'm taken off. And then all of a sudden an alien pops out <laughs> that I didn't know was in my pod and killed me. But, uh, it was still, it was well, super fun. You also had an alien on your face. Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I did get an alien on my face. During the game, I had a rough time with those little suckers. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was really fun to play Nemesis with you guys, and oh, so uh, fun. we will we will definitely do it again. Um, Even if we made Lainey a little mad for returning the game a little late, a little don't do late, that at BGG. Con. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth it. It was worth oh, it. Oh yeah, <laughs> Nemesis is always an epic story. So yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, before we start getting into the 2023 BGG Holiday Gift Guide games, I'd love to hear about what you've been playing lately, Steph. So let's jump into Fresh Plays. Uh, my first, The first game I wanted to talk about was... Empire's End. So I don't know if you've heard of this one, but yes. uh, it was it was just released. Uh, I think the Kickstarter was delivered or such. Uh, I didn't get the Kickstarter edition, but I've played the Kickstarter edition. Um, but I also have just my, my normal edition. You get it, the Kickstarter is really cool. So I'm like, I might have to upgrade mine eventually. But <laughs> um, this, this game is designed by John DeClaire. Uh, he's done a lot of games that people have known. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, Mystic Veil, Mystic Veil, like Dead a, Reckoning, uh, Space Space. Most recently was um, Ready Set Bet. People have been loving that. Oh I yeah. I mean, so like he's done a lot of cool games out there. Um, it's published by Brotherwise Games, and, and it plays two to four players. Uh, so the idea behind this game is that you are an empire, and you don't want to see it get ruined, right? You just want to keep it peaceful. You want to keep it nice. The more stuff you have in front of you at the end of the game that is not in ruins will score you points. 
Um, <laughs> now, there are other ways to get points. So even if you have a ruined city, uh, you you still could score points from the cards that you're playing. So the way I like to think about this game is like, it's a gamer's game of no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you've played no thanks, but, you know, essentially you don't want to take ruins. You don't want you don't want your, your empire to be de- destroyed. Uh, so you're going to be spending resources to say, no, thanks. I don't want that to happen to me. Otherwise, you might not have the resources and you might have to destroy part of your empire. Uh, now, that that could be OK, because when you when you take these cards that are you're going to tuck them underneath parts of your empire so these cards will have certain abilities during different phases of the game it might give you like a benefit if it's destroyed later on so like for instance i kept a card underneath one of my cheaper parts of my empire that says if this is destroyed you get four points so if i ended up destroying this part i would get four points Maybe later on in the game, I can rebuild it and then destroy it again. It's like, <laughs> you know, so like if, if I can like optimize my destruction, that could be good. Um, but, you know, so you, you go through these different phases of the game and it plays out in like 60 minutes or so. Uh, and you're going to have destructions. You're going to have an e- e- economic phase where you like get resources. And, uh, you're going to have a battle phase where there's like you need to count up your military strength and you try and like get extra. If you have the most military, you'll get, you know, a better reward than other players who didn't have as much. Um, So there's points to be had there. Um, And so you're, you're trying to manage your empire. And so some tiles on your, in your empire are worth like 32 points or 20 points. So you don't want those to be destroyed if you can avoid it. All of these tiles that are destroyed, you'll have the chance to, um, build back up if you have the appropriate resources which of course is very very hard to get (laughs) so you don't want to rely on being able to build back up (laughs) Uh, so (laughs) expert tip (laughs) yes but if the if if you are like oh i gotta destroy this town and it's 32 points if you can like no thanks enough that there's a ton of resources available uh, yeah. And then it comes back to you and you take all those resources. Maybe it makes up for the fact that you're destroying this town. So, <laughs> you know, you got to like weigh your options here. So I, <laughs> the game is uh, amazingly fun and it gives you that, that like, do I have the right resources? Can I do it? Can I, can this, this other person take this hit this time? Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's like hilarious and you, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a common theme of destruction, you know, destroying your right. empire. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> I think it's like so fun. Have you had the chance to play this one or you just heard about it? So I, uh, I think it was last year at Gen Con, I played a demo game um, and at the Brotherwise Games booth. And I, I loved it too. I thought it was so <laughs> clever. You know, John's, John's a great designer, you know. Oh, for but sure. I, I thought it was like, I loved that, like that no thanks feeling, like how long are we going to push till somebody (laughs) actually takes what's, you know, those resources. And uh, yeah, it's been one that I've been wanting to check out uh, since it came out, but I haven't gotten around to like revisiting it, but I definitely liked it a lot when I played it at Gen Con in, I guess, 2022. (laughs) So it's been a while, (laughs) but even still, it gives you that same feeling of like, 
what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. And th- there's always something to be said about actually destroying part of your city because you're gaining this card, which gives you additional income or some other benefit, but you're also getting all these resources to help postpone the future destruction of other <laughs> it's good it's really good it's clever i i really enjoyed that one <laughs> cool and that is empire's end nice uh, yes. speaking sort sort of of the end of an empire um one of the games that i played for the first time just before i went to BGGCon. uh which we were about to, I was. I asked you to teach me at BGG Con, I did, but I was yeah. too excited and I had to play it before, <laughs> um, is Revive. Revive is a 2022 release from a Porta game, and uh, it's designed by, I'm going to try to get these names right, Helge <laughs> Messner, uh, Christian Amansen Ostby, uh, Elif Svensson, and Anna Wormland. And this is a one to four player game that the theme is we are trying to revive civilization after everything got destroyed. And it's this post-apocalyptic kind of themed game where everybody has an asymmetric tribe and you're exploring the frozen earth. And the theme doesn't really pop through in this game (laughs) when you're playing, but the game looks awesome. And so when it came out last year, I know it was a really hot SN release in 2022 for a lot Definitely. of people, but I never got around to playing it. And I like, I just, I think I just was like slightly not avoiding it, but just d- wasn't rushing to play it because I heard it wasn't very thematic. It didn't have much player interaction, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, okay, you know, I don't know if I need to play that game. And then when I saw there was a new expansion that came out this year at either Gen Con or Essen, um, somehow it just like kind of popped back on my radar. Uh, I started watching videos and I got excited by what I was seeing and reading. I was reading reviews about it. And I like, you know, in true Candace fashion, got myself all hype (laughs) to play it and, um, so I eventually played it. I played a three-player game, and I loved it. I loved it. Like, I am so excited to play it again already. You know, after I played it, I was like, oh, cool. I want to play this again. And I'm trying – I'll try to describe what it was that, like, kind of hooked me in, even though I feel like I wish the theme popped through a little bit more. Um, but there's a little bit of deck building. So in the game, you're pretty much kind of collecting resources and there's this modular map kind of set up the game board. You put these tiles and you, you know, they'll come out randomly and they're snow covered. So that's always, I have a snow, snow kind of game bias that I'm just naturally going to like love games or at least be excited to play games that have some kind of snowy aspect to them. Like I love (laughs) Arctic Scavengers is one of my favorite deck building games, you know, anything with snow I'm like all about. So I, I love that aspect of it. I love the look of it, but there's a board where you'll have these modular like snow tiles that have about like, I don't know, like four, each tile has, it's one tile that has four little spaces on it. And so part of the game you're going to be exploring and you're flipping these tiles over. And so the game is like evolving and you'll be able to build on certain spaces. 
And then there's a populate action where you'll put meeples on spaces. And when you build on spaces, if you're surrounding or if your building is adjacent to any icons, you get these bonuses. So there's, there is competition to kind of be the first person to get to the most ideal spaces. Also, you're building out because on the edges of the map, there are like end game scoring objectives. So if you're able to build out your presence and place one of your meeples with that, I think, populate action, then you'll be able to possibly score points for whatever that objective is. And those are those come out randomly each game. And so they could be in different locations. They're double sided. Uh, I, I forget how many there are. But so there's a lot of like variability just from the board itself. And the way it works is you have to have, I think it just range it's called in the game. So um, at the beginning of the game, there's a center space where we're all considered to be. But then as you build, the further you build from that space, you have to spend extra food. And then from then on, wherever you have a component on the board, like a meeple or a building, you have to spend food for the distance you want to build away from that from. So um, so you definitely like you're 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 probably going to pick a direction and maybe try to hit one or two of those scoring objectives. I've only played it once so I haven't seen anyone like hit 3 or all 4 yet, but I wonder I wonder if that's well, I wonder if that's possible. <laughs> it, it is because one player's ability is to basically jump anywhere. So oh, that person could do it. See? <laughs> See? And you know I love I love asymmetric faction games. So um you everybody has their own player board. And on your player board, there's like a side that's your faction and you have some faction ability that you can trigger during the game. But there's also a little tech tree. So as you populate, you're, you're unlocking meeples from this tech tree and you have to like work your way up the tech tree and you're unlocking other cool effects. Then you have this like big part of your player board that has, um, it almost looks like, like a, 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 a uh, like a Machine. mouse. Yeah, I I was gonna say like more like a underground like moles tunnel. kind of <laughs> yeah like a tunnel exactly yeah, that's the I word I'm that. looking for yeah. but uh, yeah but it's an area where you'll you can build these machines so it's basically three different tracks and different things you do on the board or through card play you're able to advance on these tracks and when you advance on tracks you'll be able to unlock these discs which are giving you scoring and maybe give you other cool bonuses but then also. Um, you're able to build machines on them. You take these tokens, these circular tokens, and there's usually, I think, five of them available um, that you can choose. And it's kind of making your board asymmetric and it's giving you free actions you can unlock if you have these little lightning bolts and you want to get more of those lightning bolts so you can do more free actions and make... Yeah, there's so many combo opportunities in this game that are really cool. Then you have cards. I, I mentioned there's a little bit of deck building. You have these cards that have icons on the top and icons on the bottom. So when you play a card, you can tuck it into the top of your player board or tuck it into the bottom and you get whatever's on the card. You can get better cards as the game progresses. And then you can also add upgrades to your card slots. So when you tuck a card matching the color of the upgrade you have, you get some other little bonus. So it's like all sorts of like comboy things. I love the asymmetric factions. I love games that have like exploration and exploration aspect to it. And where there is like, I felt like there was plenty of player interaction because the other thing is besides just like buying for control of, you know, 
optimal spaces on the board, you also, the way the game ends is by when these artifact tokens run out. So you're kind of racing to get these artifact tokens because they come in three different colors and there's like a limited amount of each color and it's first come first serve. So you want to get these tokens because you have a secret objective and if you synergize the matching colored artifact with your secret objective, it scores a, a higher multiple, which is really cool. I love games that have secret objectives too. So there are just all these like really, really fun things that, you know, resonated with me with Revive. And, you know, I got some like very light, like kind of Terra Mystica feels because of the asymmetry, the, you know, vying for control on the board, unlocking things, you know, like all of that gave me like kind of light Terra Mystica vibes. And uh, yeah, I just, I really liked it. And I, I, I want to play it again. I'm excited to play it again. Yeah, I first played it last BGG, like a year ago. Uh, and then because it wasn't available in the States, I actually didn't get a copy until like Gen Con. So since Gen Con, I've played it like <laughs> at least three times. And it's just like, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you played it solo yet? No, I haven't played it solo. There's cool. basically one game I play solo besides the Uva games, which is like the Magnificent, which is also by Aporta, oh, which I love. Oh, what a coincidence. Oh, so yeah, maybe you'll it. like maybe you'll like Revive Solo. Um <laughs> You never know. Another th- another quick thing about this game. Um yeah, I think this game made me realize that I and I know you don't love games where you're racing for something as much. Right. Per se. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of realizing I love that feeling. <laughs> and it's not this game, like you're racing to get these these artifacts, and whoever takes the last artifact, that triggers the end of the game. But that doesn't mean that player wins in this well, game. Of course. So, so that's you, one reason why I scoring. do it doesn't bother me in this as much, yeah. but also that other people do get a turn. So yes, yeah, helps. (laughs) Yeah, but it's 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 good. I I dig it. I know the other like complaints some people had were the the it's it's kind of when you open the box, it says there's a like a campaign and you unlock things. And it's it's more it's not really like a campaign experience. It's It's more like a tutorial. Yeah, it's more like a tutorial to gradually like unlock rules. Like I think they have a thematic card with it. Um, But Yeah, but it's it's kind of like they unlock like other faction things. You know, uh, one of the actions you can take is to just uh, flip your switch on your board, your, like your machine board. And I think in the basic game, it's like when you do that, you just get a resource. But in like the advanced game, you know, once you unlock one of these tutorials, you get to copy an action card of that's played by one of your opponents in their top slot. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so so it just kind of like spices up some of the rules. Uh, but I knew about that going in, so it didn't really bother me. And I just I I, I was one of those people who just opened everything. <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, anyways, that's revive. Uh, I'm looking forward Great to game. playing it more. Yeah, it's it's really solid. And also the the <laughs> I'm still talking about it. The rules. <laughs> Like all the actions are really simple and it's just like, yeah, the, the, the engine you're kind of building as it goes, ah, really satisfying. Okay. That's the last thing I'm going to say about Revive. Everybody needs split. See, (laughs) as far as theme goes, I know you're a thematic gamer and this one doesn't really come through with theme, but you know, for me, I'm not a thematic gamer, so it doesn't bother me. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I think like I don't have to have you know a ton of theme, but I think there was like a little bit of a missed opportunity because you could have such you know it could feel so much more thematic. But I lo- still love the look and feel of it and the satisfying <laughs> like gameplay. So what is revive? <laughs> what else you've been playing? All right, I I've been playing uh, a ton of Challengers, uh, 2022. Oh. Uh, I love it so much. Um, this is designed by Johannes Krenner and Marcus Sla. It's Czech. I <laughs> hopefully. Uh, hopefully, and published by Z Mag Games, and it plays one to eight players. Um, so basically, at BGG Sprague, we were able to show off Challengers 2, which is now Beach Cup. They they changed it uh, for the final production that just came out. So we played like a 14-player game of that. So, it got, you know, it was amazing at BGG Sprague. <laughs> but since then, like at the Dice Tower East, I, I, I played in the Challengers World Cup, aka a game I play with Stefan, uh, where we, every game we play is the World Cup. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I had to defend my title because I demolished everybody in that game. And and, nice. and so at BGG Con just the other week, uh, we had to have a rematch of Challengers, our World Cup. <laughs> and I held title. And I love it. Nice. Like, for those who don't know the game, it is a very simple game and probably wouldn't sell you on what I'm about to say. It is basically a deck building war. <laughs> Yeah, like war. <laughs> it's war. But the thing is, the the fun aspect of this game is in between each bout, like there's going to be like several bouts, there's seven rounds that you are fighting against one person and you're trying to win the, 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 the trophy for that round. Uh, so as the game goes on, the trophies will get more and more valuable. Eventually, after those seven rounds, everybody will add up their points and then the top two people will have a duel for the winning position. So yeah, you might've collected the most uh, points throughout the game, but you might not win if the other person has a better deck. So what you're doing is each round you, you get to draw cards into your deck of cards. So basically there's the a B and C deck. And then as you go through the game, you'll open up the, the better cards and eventually the C cards, which are the final, the final like, deck of cards that you can get cards from uh those are really powerful really strong high values so you obviously want those if you can get them but the thing is when you're when you're taking these new cards into your hand you're drafting you want like named cards so that you won't bust because the way you can lose each round is by either having too many different named cards and then eventually your your bench will fill up and you can't seat a new card or you just run out of cards in your deck. So uh, the the fun is trying to find a combination of cards from these different decks of A, B, and C and create a really strong self deck so that when you're playing against the opponents, you, ha- you can beat them with special abilities because all these cards do cool things. Uh, and so, again, this, this game is a a game that you should just try because it's not a hard game. It's just try and pick cards that look good. And if you can get um, combos that, you know, that work well, then, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see how it, all everything interacts. Uh, so besides playing at different conventions, I've been playing a lot on BGA. So 
it it's on there. So if you're interested oh, in cool. trying it, you can try it on Board Game Arena. Uh, and it's it plays so quick, and you make cool decisions. It's easy. It's relaxing, and it plays eight people really well. And not you can't say that about a lot of games. I mean, right, right. <laughs> so it can hold a lot of people, and the That's rules cool. are easy. And you know, there's something about this game that is just fun. It's pure fun, and so. I definitely need to look to getting Beach Cub added to my collection in the near future because obviously it's a it's a must have for me. <laughs> That's cool. So wait, were you playing Beach Cup version of Challengers at BGGCon or the OG Challengers? I couldn't find it, so we, we ended up playing the original. Uh, we were so we were teaching a few people too. Uh, okay, and so it worked out, and no, it's not that Beach Cup is more complicated or anything. It, it's not that more complicated. Beach Cup actually includes uh, player abilities, which is great. Ooh, so you have this ongoing player language. ability. I know, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's cool. I actually really, really like what Beach Cup does. Uh, so I'm very excited uh, to add more variety of cards because each game you're going to have a certain like a combination of different colored cards, and so it's easy to mix and match Beach Cup and Challengers. Uh, together because you could say I'm going to use like the blue deck over here and the red deck over here this time and you know gotcha you just got to separate it so it's well, it's a great little game I don't have you have you not played it or have you played it so I was just gonna say <laughs> you you just got me excited to revisit it um I have only actually played it once I think it was at BGG Con last year so last November. And okay. it was very late at night, and um, Derek taught it, and it was, and it, he taught it, and I played with someone else. Like we, but we just did like a two-player game, and I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to play this again, you know. But since then, you know, this is an what they call an auto battler game. Um, since then, I played Wizards Cup, which I love. And that is an auto battler game. So I want to revisit it and um, I will revisit it. And yeah, so I, I don't know because I don't, you know, I can't really judge it that by much from, yeah, by that one play. It was late. It was a teaching, you know, <laughs> learning game. So, uh, but I'm, it, I love fun games. So it, it sounds, yeah. I, I mean, if you're playing like with two people, it works fine. Um, and you kind of learn what the other person's doing as the game goes on. But when you play with a lot of people, you're like actually getting up off of your seat and moving, yeah. rearranging your seats. And then you you have to get into the whole like experience like, oh, gotcha. You know, like right. I love the gotcha moments of these games. Like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, cool. ultimately it's, it's a, you shuffle your deck and you just go. I mean, so you don't know the order which your cards are coming out. You could just get, you know, posed in the first go like oh my butler came out first which is the guy who clears the bench and you're kind of counting on him to clear the spots later and right like, right <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's like That's oh cool. there we go <laughs> <laughs> awesome well that is challengers yes so the next game on my list is a game that's actually from 2008 but just got reprinted uh it is called the rich and the good and i think it also goes by hob and good and it's designed by Carlo A. Rossi. It's published by Aries Games, or at least the newer version that I have is. 
and uh, it plays with three to five players. And in the game, players are we're like all stockbrokers during the second industrial revolution. And we're trying to make as much money as possible while also coming across as good citizens by donating money to charity. And the way the game works is you have, I think, six different commodities like rubber, coal, wheat, uh, salt, tea, stuff like that. And the game board is that you'll put in the center of the table is pretty much like kind of a stock market price tracker. Uh, don't run away from that, though. Don't run away. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all of them start at 40. They're all worth 40. You buy and sell them for 40. Um, throughout the game, you're going to be manipulating the the value of each of these commodities through card play. And the cool thing is um, it's a shared information game. So each on my left and on my right are going to be two card trays that have at the beginning of each round. Um, and there are like two rounds, we'll say. Um, and on my left, there's a card tray that has eight cards. On my right, there's a card tray that has eight cards. So the player to my right and I share some information because we can both see the tray that's on my right. And then the player to the left of me also can see the the tray that's on my left. So both of us can see the cards on my left. Both of us can see the cards on my right. If I'm playing a four-player game, the person who's sitting diagonal from me, we can't see any information. We have no common information. Um, but you're using that info of these cards that you're looking at. And the cards are basically small cards that have each of the commodities. Well, not each of the commodities a commodity, one of the commodities, and a value of, I don't know how low the negatives go, but it could be plus six. Uh, it might go to negative six. Uh, I don't remember, but like a range. So yeah, so you might have, you, you know, I might see on the card tray to my left, I might see that salt. There is, I have a plus six card. I have a plus four card and maybe like coal or something. It's just like, I see negative four. I see negative three. So I probably want to buy salt because I know that the price is going to go up on salt. So, you know, and maybe on my other tray, I see some other positive salt cards. So you're kind of making, uh, you're making purchases of shares based on this, these cards and how the market is going to shift. Uh, so on a given round, the first thing that's going to happen is in turn order, everyone can either buy or sell shares. Now, in the beginning of the game, nobody has any shares to sell, so you're going to buy some. And again, they're all 40 initially. And so you'll buy, and you can buy up to three. Let's say I buy two salts and a tea. So I pay 120. You know, you get some starting money. I pay 120. I have these shares. Now they're face down. The cards are face down. And after you buy or sell, and you never do both on the same turn, but you can decide if you want to donate a share to charity. And we'll circle back on what that means, but maybe I decide to put one of my salt shares on my charity board face down. So nobody knows which, which, which share I donated to charity, uh, but they know that I donated one to charity. So everybody's going to go around, buy some things and based on what they're seeing on their card trays. So you also are seeing what other people are doing. And it's like, oh, if the person across from me just bought three wheat, 
maybe they know something about wheat that I don't know. Maybe I should get in on that. You know, so you're kind of like <laughs> thinking about those kind of things, or maybe they're playing me. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But then after that, after that phase, then players are going to, in turn order, play one of those market manipulation cards, one from their left tray and one from their right tray. They could do it in any order, but one of them is only going to be half value. So again, if I'm on team salt here and I have a bunch of salt shares, I'm going to try to like use that plus six salt card and push it up six spaces, six price, you know, six spaces on the price track for the full value. And then something maybe I don't care about, I'll play from my other card tray and that's only going to adjust at half value. May, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a negative four salt card. And I don't want the other player to play that card for the full negative four. So maybe I play it now so it only goes negative two. Uh, but then everybody gets to do that. Then we do another round of buying and selling. And then, you know, you're going to play these market cards. And you're going to do that. And again, deciding whether or not each time you buy or sell shares, if you want to donate one to charity. And then um, after we go through those eight cards, you pretty much shuffle the whole deck of market manipulation cards and then do it all over again with that same flow. But in between rounds, everybody's going to reveal what they donated to charity and they're going to cash that out based on its current value and just put it on their charity board. So that money is like frozen. You've donated that much to charity. So at the end of the game, the player who contributed the least amount of charity of the least amount to charity loses you cannot score and then from the other players whoever has the most money wins you know this is like high society kind of stuff here so you're you're watching your opponents to make sure they're not like donating more money you know that you're not the one that donated the least but you don't know sometimes which shares they're putting and uh, yeah, it's it's just really, really fantastic. I love market manipulation games. This one is very um, easy. It's easy to play. Like it's kind of family weight, I would say. But it has that like that twist of you have this shared information. You're watching what other players are doing. The, the timing of when to sell versus when to buy is critical. And then, of course, like this whole like you're going to be eliminated if you didn't donate enough to charity is just amazing. Now, Steph, you've played this before, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, I actually played it like um, I want to say two years ago now. And I'm like, how am I ever going to get this game? I need this game. It's amazing. <laughs> so I was really, really happy when they announced uh, the the reprint of it because I absolutely love this game. I I really like stock manipulation games. Um, for for first of all, but this one yeah, does it so well because it is so easy. Like the rules are like two page. I mean, it's like an easy right. game. So <laughs> it's all about what's going on at the table and what other people are doing. Like you said. And it's just, it's so interesting. Oh, you're buying wheat? Oh, guess what? Negative six, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> crash that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> so it's, it's so good. And it's like, I know I had the most money. 
However, I didn't donate enough, and so I lost of the second game. Oh, right, right. Oh, gotta, gotta watch out for that. You know, <laughs> I'm not one to that loves player elimination, but it doesn't feel that bad because the game is pretty fast. And then, you know, it's like, well, I should have just donated better. Right. Like, it's my own <laughs> make, fault. <laughs> make better choices next time. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know if you ever heard of a Divinity Derby, but that was the first time I ever experienced the, the cards. Uh, with with your sharing neighbor, it's the same no. designer, so that makes sense that Aries picked it up because they also did Divinity Derby. Oh, uh, cool! So yeah, that in that game it's a race and you're playing to move the, the animals around the track, and so they're all divine animals that are going around this track. So you're <laughs> you're trying to like bet on these like animals, and so oh nice, it, it has the shared card information. So if you did like that, then you might like check if that you did one like out. and Good, then you might like this one, but. Uh, yeah, cool. I just, I, I just, I think Common Good, or sorry, uh, The Rich and the Good is really, really, really good. It's a great yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, this this one is definitely, and I think, I think I got my copy for like less than thirty dollars. Like, so nice. This is speaking of holiday gift guide. Like, this is a good, <laughs> a good one to like play with your family, and yes. you know, you do need three people too. So yes. like, it's three uh, to five you know, could be good for holidays, indeed. <laughs> yep. So that is the rich and the good. Love it. Play it. <laughs> <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Fantasy Flight Games is here to wish everyone a happy hobby holiday with our fantastic releases from this year. Face off against a friend in Star Wars the Deck Building Game, a fast-paced, easy-to-learn deck builder that anyone can enjoy. Team up to save the world in Marvel Dagger, a cooperative globetrotting game. And for card games, the next evolution wave for Marvel Champions the Card Game brought the X-Force into the fray. If you prefer a touch of horror in your games, then you'd be thrilled to have one of several Arkham Horror the Card Game releases. FFG's longest-running LCG, The Lord of the Rings the Card Game, continued its victory lap with a remaster of the Dream Chaser cycle and the Two Tower Saga expansion. Last, but certainly not least, The Betrayer's War, the massive second act of Descent, Legends of the Dark, where you'll continue the story from where the first act left off and fight to save Tyranoth from tyrannical dragons and legions of undead. You know, as one does. No matter your taste, FFG has something for you. Give the gift of gaming today. So, Steph, I know you play, again, all the games, um, I try. And yeah, and so <laughs> so you're always involved with like picking the games for the BGG holiday gift guides. Um yeah, I still like I'm like how do you even decide which games <laughs> to pick for this, you know? That's it's fair. Uh so last year we had like 125 games on the list or so. And this year we we cut wow. it back like to 30. So it was very difficult to to decide on what to add. <laughs> Um, because I, I like, I want to include everything. I, I, I'm yeah. like, this would be great for this situation and this situation. So I'm like over here, like, woo, all the games. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so for this year, I, I focused on like things that can be readily available, like on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Target or wherever you you shop. So I tried to focus on making sure things were available and, um, yeah. you know, Obviously, there are tons of games that didn't make it on there that I would have loved to put on there, but I tried to do my best <laughs> with what I know. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the, you know, us gamers, um, we're not afraid to like go digging to like try to find something. Like just as a side note, I mentioned at Essen, I missed uh, I missed out on getting a copy of Far Away. And ah. I was so sad about it because I was like, oh, I like this game so much. But I played it. I discovered it too late when it was sold out. But um, I ended up finding it on filibert.net, I think oh, is the nice. website. Yeah, it's a online retailer. I don't know if they have a physical storefront in, in they France. They ship so fast for what it's worth. Yeah. And so I, I mean, just I bought three copies and it <laughs> oh, ended nice. up even with the shipping, I think it ended up being like twenty five dollars a copy. And so I just got that delivered uh earlier this week and I'm so excited to to break it out. But it's like I, you know, because I know this, I know how to like import games now, trick taking <laughs> games. I know like all sorts of things. I know how to like where to look, but not everybody does, especially like sure. people out there who are maybe not hardcore gamers or not gamers at all, but they're looking to buy a gift for their friends or loved ones that are gamers. So this, you know, so a lot of this is kind of geared towards those people, but also for gamers, just to give you ideas if you're giving gifts to either people who don't play games that may be getting into games. Um, either way, you know, there are obviously tons of, Tons of games that could have been in all of these categories. Tons of oh, categories sure. we could have added. Oh, for, um, yeah. I, I had to eliminate many categories, too, which, just to narrow which, it down. Oh, oh, I feel for you. It's, I feel for oh, you. Oh, I know. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I looked high and low to play Far, uh, far Away at BGGCon. I couldn't find it anywhere. But you know what? Yeah, I was told later that it's on BGA. So it's on Board Game yes. Arena. So I will yes. have to try it there. <laughs> yeah. And I would... I would bring you one of my copies but i are they're already a, you know account, <laughs> accounted for accounted no for yeah <laughs> no worries at all uh, but now you know where you can get it though now you oh know for sure i mean Unless, I, I had a great time experience ordering from philibert just so if anybody else has like worries or anything like it was yeah it was super reliable so. Yeah, and I know I think my my editions are the French edition of the game, but Probably. the the cards are language independent as far as I know. So I'll just get the English rules and be on my merry way. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is the second time that I've ordered from Philibert. Um, some people that I play locally with, um, when they can't make it, and a lot of them don't make it to Essen. For Spiel, they'll try to get all the new games that way, and they are able to get a lot of them usually a lot faster than they're usually available in the U.S. Uh, through that for website. Sure. So sure. keep up the good work, Philibert. I mean, for <laughs> real, good job. But anyway, let's let's just like like let's just bounce through the categories that are on the 2023 BGG Holiday Gift Guide and talk about some of the games on there. Um, so let's start with modern classics. So we had on there Azul. You know, it it is. It is a modern <laughs> classic. It's a banger. Uh, I've introduced that to so many people. And, uh, you know, between the beautiful components and the, the tactile experience of playing with those like starburst looking tiles, uh, yeah. it's great. It's 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 great. It's and a it, crowd I would, pleaser for sure. Yeah. It's a crowd pleaser, exactly. And you had Catan on there. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people's uh, first 
game into the hobby. So, you know, it's you know, it's still a hot ticket item that people are like playing all the time. Yeah, so. it it really is. Like I have uh, one of my old bandmates. Um, you know, him and his family like aren't into a whole lot of board games, but they love it. And I, you know, I'm one of the rare people uh, because of the. I don't know if it's the timing of when I got into the hobby or what, but that was not my gateway game. I know there was like a lot of people that or Ticket to Ride were like a lot of people's gateway games. So I've only actually played Catan twice um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And like I so many props for what it did to this hobby. And um, I would still play it anytime. (laughs) Really? For sure. It's a great game. And then Uh, what else is on here? Sagrada? Yeah, again, it's kind of like Azul in that, you know, you're puzzling things out. People like drafting and they they like to figure out how to make the perfect stained glass. And it's beautiful. So that also it is. It, it helps. Right. So for for a lot, a lot of gamers, new or old, it's it, these three games are probably like a staple in a lot of people's collection, you know. So I try yeah. to focus on those types of games like Dominion might be another one, you know. So take a try, like you said, all these things, like yeah, all good and, options for this category. <laughs> totally. And like with Sagrada, um, you know, I love board games that like when you start the game, you have this like blank slate and then you're kind of like almost like arts and crafts at the end. It's like, <laughs> oh, look at my stained glass, you know, like, <laughs> yes. it's, it's one of those games. And another like uh, hot take on Sagrada is... Ooh. It's an excellent beach game. Oh, yeah, really? Because those those dice aren't going to blow. No, that's not blow for in the sure. Wind, you know, <laughs> so I have taken Sagrada to the beach before. How about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, whenever I do a list of like beach games, games that work at the beach, Sagrada <laughs> will likely be on there uh, because Amazing. there aren't a whole lot of games that work well at the beach, but it's one of them. Uh, but yeah, I used to I used to have Sagrada and I liked it a lot, but I ended up this was one that I just passed on to friends who are new gamers, you know. But you yeah, go. that's cool. And I know like I've only played Raw once, but uh and I really liked it. And I know there's like this new edition of it that I looks cool because I've seen people playing it. Um, but I feel like that could be kind of considered a modern classic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially now that it's all pimped out and like nice and just beautiful, <laughs> Not people are going to play that. Not old, Euro looking. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a very attractive game now. <laughs> uh, but that's a cli- classic cl- Kleiner, classic Reiner Knizia, right? Auction. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's so brutal, it- so you have to be prepared <laughs> to break your knives. <laughs> So anyway, that one wasn't on the official list, but I was just thinking, I was like, that could be probably on that list. All right, let's do stocking stuffer games next. The first one I wanted to put on this list is called Noobs in Space. It's a a new Thames and Cosmos game, Uh, and it is perfect for the holidays because inside the box, there are basically eight games and each game is like 10 to 15 minutes and anybody can play. Like it's you, you deal out, you shuffle all the ones and deal them out to everybody. And then you basically hit this timer and go. And so 
somebody's like, who has task one? And then you read out task one and then everybody needs to follow the instructions and do what it says. And then ultimately the game will end and whatever cards you have on display, you can check the book to see how well you did, if you did everything right. And then you get a score, like a star score. And so as the game goes on, the, the games go on, you'll start having a ton of cards. And you're like, oh my God, where was this thing? Where's the wire? Who has the scissors? Get this thing. We got to cut the wire. It's like, it's like, Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, a, it's a real time, like cooperative, like experience, I guess you could like, it's you're, you're talking out loud and you're just going to do all these different tests and, and, it, it it's a lot of fun. It it's cool. The name isn't great, but it's ba- but it <laughs> but it does space. it it does convey what you you are. You you're like frantic, right? Yeah. But it's a ton of fun. <laughs> you say it like this: noobs in, in space. space. <laughs> <laughs> then you like it more. <laughs> yeah. So oh, th- th- this would be cool. great for like. You know, anybody, any family, people can come and go. It's, you know, it's like 10 minutes. You, you're you cool. not a lot of time invested, right? So, yeah. Haven't yeah. tried that one, Noobs in Space. Yeah, I think it just it came out at like, like right after Gen Con. So it's pretty new. Okay. Um, okay. The second one is Ohanami, which is uh, from 2019. It's a card game being published by Panasaurus. Uh, really great. Uh, drafting and like set collection game you're drafting two cards at a time to create columns of cards and once you like created a gap between like 50 and 70 you won't be able to play cards in between that gap so you have to kind of manage your columns and 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 how you're playing these cards and you know you'll score every round there's three rounds you score for blue and then blue and green then blue green and gray and then ultimately pink uh so it's very simple card drafting game i think it's it's in my quiver. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game that I will carry around with me. You know what I mean? Cool, like, this is a yeah. great card game. You played it? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't played Ohanami, but I, I always just love, like, so the stocking stuffers category, I just love small games that you could just like, <laughs> yeah, pop in your bag and take with you. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the next one I have played Oh, I play, yeah, I played it and I love it. And I've been saying ever since I played it, it's Rummy Rummy, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> um, Rummy Rummy. <laughs> Rummy Rummy. And I, I, I played it for the first time at Gen Con and uh, picked up a copy there. And yeah, it's just, you know, this is one again, I've said like, I know like my mom is going to love this game. Exactly. It's just, it's just, it's familiar enough. It feels because- like home. Yes, it feels like home, but it's but it's a little like more modern than like older card games because yes. you know you're you're trying to fulfill these contracts and yeah, I I think like Rummy Rami is yeah, it's it's super. It's super. It, I had to include it on my stocking suffers because it's a great game that anybody like can learn. It's it's not just card gamers like that this yeah, if you're a card gamer, you'll see a lot of things that you'll like in this game and, and familiar aspects of it. But it is definitely family weighted, I would say. Um, yes. But it just works. It works. It's a game I could see that I would have played growing up. Like it's it's great. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, you can just you can teach it to anyone. And like even us, like Steph and I both like we love all types of games, heavy games, light For games. Sure. But this is something I'd be happy to play anytime, and I love showing to people. Yeah. Um, 
So that's Rummy Rummy. And then uh, those were the three on the stocking stuffers games list. But uh, I also was just going to throw in two other suggestions um, that may be a little harder to find. And that's partially why they're not on the list. Uh, But any of the button shy wallet games, I think, are great. Um, I especially like fell in love with Battlecrest. That. Yeah, I played it a month or so ago for the first time. And, you know, I love, again, games that have asymmetric factions and there's like zero randomness to it. It's a great like two player game. You can get the expansion to play it solo. But Button Chai has like a bunch of really interesting games that, you know, use just like what, 18, 20 cards or something like that. And they're wallet size games. So they're great stuffing, stocking stuffers. I don't know that you could like find them on Amazon, but you could find them on their website. Their website, probably. Yeah, so they you can find them. Um, and then also we were talking about challengers and the the auto battler. Uh, Wizards Cup is just you know has brought me so much joy, and it's one of those games that I get just as excited watching other people play it like if I teach two people and they play against each other and I'm just spectating I have so much joy you know like maybe more joy than when I'm playing it myself because it's just cool to see the realization of when they pick their wizards and like the order in which they place their cards and I forget in challengers do you just shuffle do you pick your cards and kind of shuffle them or like, because in Wizards Cup, you choose the order in which you stack your deck. No, you don't okay. get to stack the deck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> um, but anyway, so those are just some other uh, small box games to kind of keep in mind for stocking stuffers. Yeah, um, definitely. And then next, the category that I really don't know much about, uh, even... <laughs> is kids games, even though I do try to, like my friends that have kids, I do try to get them board games for, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll do my research, but I still don't know this space all that well. So That's what fair. did you pick for that? So the first one I had was Captain Pepe Treasure Ahoy, which is a legacy game uh, for kids. Uh, yeah, it's really, really great. Um, so it's a pattern... So you're moving around, you're taking turns one at a time, moving these guys around so that, you know, the orange guy gets to the orange ore and like, and so each game is kind of the same idea where you're moving around, but you'll unlock different like bosses, if you will. And uh, I haven't played through it all yet, but it, it, it just came out of Gen Con and it was super fun. It's run with a, if you have a website open, it, it reads you the story of what's happening and it has a timer for you. and you know, it's it for a it's a hobby game, so you know it's for younger kids, and it it's really oh, it's a yeah. lot of fun. Kids would love this game, you know. And pirates, uh, and pirates, exactly, <laughs> cute little animal pirates. I mean, <laughs> what could go wrong? Uh, the, uh, there, I was actually playing Forbidden Jungle the other day, um, but the, I don't know how easy it is to find that, so I put Forbidden Desert on the list because okay. that's. A, super solid cooperative family weight game uh that you know you can work together and uh you know try and collect the amulets or i forget the i only played desert once but i remember really liking it you have to like watch out for like sandstorms and stuff Mm -hmm. all these things Mm -hmm. the different events you have to manage the board and try and 
do the different, you have to collect the different things and then get off the island, if you will, or get off the desert. <laughs> so yeah. all of the forbidden games I've had a lot of fun with. Uh, so yeah. I, I would highly recommend them. Uh, and they're like, and they're also lighter, but yeah. they're cooperative. So yeah, you could like play them with your kids and eventually right. they can play them on their own once they get everything, but it's not quite as hard as something like pandemic maybe oh for sure them off (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's it's a it's a i guess more fun theme than pandemic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yes uh the last one on the list was ticket to ride first journeys mostly because i didn't have ticket to ride on the list i haven't actually played first journeys but it is basically a bestseller on Amazon and all all the sites. So people are buying it, people are loving it and continuing to buy it. So therefore, I put it on the list because I know it's it's good for the family, it's good for kids and that, you know, it will help bring people to play Ticket to Ride, for instance. And cool. You know, yeah. Yeah, and Ticket to Ride is a classic banger, you know. I mean, you can't Which go wrong, right? so many people into the hobby, so yeah. <laughs> Get the kitties on the the, uh, first journey one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. All right. (laughs) Let's let's move on to a topic I know a little more about, and that's solo games. (laughs) Nice. Uh, So I picked – I don't often solo. So for the ones that I picked, I picked based on basically the hotness on BGG. These games are hot for a reason. Like for the first – for instance, the first one, Arkham Horror, the card game. This has been in BGG's top 50 hotness for, I don't know, years. Like, it's so good. It's so I good. I mean, I haven't played it solo. I just played it two player and I didn't really get into it. I, I liked it, but I didn't really like deep dive into it like so many people do. Um, so I've heard it's an amazing solo experience. I don't know if you've played it solo, but I haven't played it solo, but. I would, I would, because <laughs> there's so there's so much like story in it that's kind of exciting, and I could see myself getting lost in it. And uh, yeah, I love Arkham Horror, the card game, and it was something that I didn't think. Like I originally got into Lord of the Rings, the card game, which also has a revised core set, which is I have played that one solo, and it's great solo or for a cooperative game. Um, but I, you know, I like Lord of the Rings. So I was like, oh, this is cool. This game is great when I played it, but I didn't think I would like Arkham cause I didn't think I would like the theme, but then I started playing it and I think it was like <laughs> Rodney who mentioned, maybe he found out I was into the Lord of the Rings, the card game. And he said, Hey, you know, there's this new revised core set for Arkham. And so I was like, I'm going to take a look at this and, I played it and I just it it's one of those games that just surprised me because I like again I didn't think I was going to um be into the theme but it's so well done and it's so impressive with how much story and like interesting mechanisms they can like bring into that game with just cards like it's really cool so anyway that one was Arkham Heart the card game yeah I, I think for for those who do enjoy, get, you know, getting into the theme and just like you said, I think that's why it works for so many people. Yeah, because it, it's an interesting game and you're exploring, and that's always fun too. It's like, yeah. So the next one I had was cartographers because 
super hot game. I've played it a whole heck of a lot. Um, don't really often solo it, but as a Twitch streamer, I am a Twitch streamer, so it's often played on Twitch, like because everybody can play along with you, you know. And so, like, it's it's a good community game, uh, so you can often find it o- online. Um, but it's it's so fun because you're actually building your map. And you're trying to do the best you can. It's just, it's, and you have this like work of art afterwards. <laughs> you know, I haven't played it. I haven't played it what? before. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally shocked. I'm literally yeah, shocked. I haven't played it. And is this, is this by the same company that makes role player? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. And I think I was going to try it at some point. But yeah, I still I still haven't played. I loved role um, player, but um, it's very different. I mean, it, it this, yeah. this is this is a game where you flip over a card and you will give be given a shape or maybe an option of different shapes that you choose from, and then you have to put it onto your board. And so you're trying to create these different like things on your board depending on what the goals are for the round. So each round there's different goals to work towards, and you'll score points based on that. And you have to try and fend off the monsters, so you work on that. And so it's it's just a really as far as roll and write, flip and write genres go, this is definitely one of the best. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I just don't gravitate towards a lot of roll and writes or flip and writes, but it's one of um, the best, <laughs> and that's one of the best. I I would be curious to know like what are and I would be even like I'm gonna throw out a challenge at some point where <laughs> I'll say like. Here are the roll and write or flip and write games that I have enjoyed the most, but I still don't like love this genre. Right. Uh, what would you recommend? You know, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm I'm here to help anytime you need. So <laughs> thanks, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and the last game on the list was Marvel, Marvel Champions. Champions, the card game. Uh, to be fair, I only played it four player, and I felt like it was too many people. So I assume it's way better with lower player counts, and so I've heard from a lot of people that the solo game is fantastic. So I went with it. <laughs> cool. And it's that's cooperative, right? When it's multiplayer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big Marvel person. Yeah, um, I could, I, same for me. But. Yeah. But I, but I would play the game because I heard the game is great. So I would try it at some point. But like any time... <laughs> I hear like, oh, it's a Marvel game. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. For what it's worth, I think this is one of the better ones, the ones that people really gravitate towards. So if there's a Marvel Marvel game you're looking to buy, this is probably a really good option. Cool. And I just, I love card games anyway. Yeah. I I love card games. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just wanted to give, so that was Arkham Horror, the card game, Cartographers, Marvel Champions, the card game. Um, I had, uh, a couple others that I just wanted to mention. Um, I think chip theory games like just crushes it. And like a lot of their games are really awesome. Solo, like too many bones is one of my favorite games to play solo, but they just released 20 strong, which I think was, uh, they had it on crowdfunding, but I think I'm pretty sure now you can get it from their website, but 20 strong is like this deck and dice based game system where every game you use the same set of 20, these 20 dice that come in different colors, and it's a deck of cards. So when you buy the core set, it comes with a game called Solar Sentinels. Uh, but then 
you can, and it'll come in the box with the dice you need, but then you can buy like other decks that are different games that you use with the same dice. And like they have one for Too Many Bones, they have one for Hoplomachus Victorum, they have more on the way. Um, but I checked out 20 Strong at Gen Con and I was like so fascinated by it. I actually just got a um, a review copy of it and I haven't had a chance to try it. I brought it with me to BGG Con if I had like a moment where I was like either at the airport by myself or in my hotel room by myself that I could actually play it, but I never got around to playing it yet. But I do want to mention it because I'm just like really fascinated by the design and it and it's such like the production quality is like really, really awesome. But it's a game where you have the again, you'll have a deck of cards and you'll have some dice. And you'll choose a hero, so you'll play as a hero at the beginning of the game and have some, like, stats, like a, a health and, um, I forget, I think there's, like, a stat on how many dice you can recover. Because basically you're going to be sort of battling these or dealing with these, like, conflict cards until you can get to the boss. And then you want to try to take down the boss and that's how you win the game. Um, but you'll be rolling dice. First you're going to choose dice. You have, like, different color dice that have different amounts of hits on them. And I don't remember if they have like other kinds of icons, but one of the things that I think that's really awesome, I don't remember when Chip Theory started doing this or if they always have, but the dice show you by the iconography on each side, how many hits. So if you roll a miss, you can still see, Hey, on this die, I know this die is going to be able to hit, three times, you know, or there are three sides of it. They're D6 dice, by the way. There are three sides of it that are hits. Another die, maybe four sides are hits. Another die, maybe two sides are hits. And the way they do the iconography on the die, you can easily see that. So you're not sitting there twisting the die around like, oh, what are the odds of hitting with this um, this particular die? So you you get to choose which dice you want to use to face off one of these conflict cards. And you're looking for a certain amount of successes and you get rewards. But the thing is, at the end of, you know, dealing with that conflict card, you don't get all those dice back. So if I was like, oh, I want to use, and the game's called 20 Strong because of the 20 dice, by the way. But if I want to use like 10 of my dice for one card, they're going to be exhausted at after this particular conflict card. And then I only can recover a certain amount of them. So you're really like managing your pool of dice and trying to like strategically figure out how to use them to um, deal with different conflict cards. And when you are successful, you get some rewards and then you get to like choose. And I think in the Solar Sentinels one, you'll have like three stacks of conflict cards. So you can kind of choose which one you want to attack. And then you eventually work up to getting the boss monster. But the Too Many Bones and the Hoplomachus Victorum like decks are completely different games. So like each each game again is going to use a deck of cards and dice, but they're like completely like different how the games play out, which I think is really cool because you have this small box and by the way the lid of the box, the lid of the box has like velvet or something <laughs> inside so you can roll your dice in there. So it's like it's it's really really clever and you the the main box has room for one deck the dice and you have this like this tracker dial thing um 
but like the fact that they're going to be able to do so much with just a deck of cards and the same set of dice and each game has its own like rules within that system is really really cool so i'm stoked to like to play 20 strong um and i think it will be because just Everything I've ever played by Chip Theory, I love personally. So I'm expecting to also really, really dig this. Um, and I'm ex- and again, it's like a small box, so this could be a stocking stuffer too. But oh, good. yeah, and then if they're like on the Chip Theory front again, Hoplomachus Victorum is fantastic. It's this like gladiator combat and adventure solo campaign game. But that's definitely something for more experienced gamers. Um, that would not be. You a know, stocking it, stuffer. That is definitely not a stocking <laughs> stuffer, but it's 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 a really really fantastic solo game uh, to check out. That uh, if you know anyone who's into solo games. So anyway, that's nice. my two cents on solo games. Awesome. <laughs> on to two player games. Nice. Uh, the first one I had was Fiction, which I guess can be played with more people, um, but it, it it works really well. As a two-player game, one person is the librarian <laughs> and one person <laughs> is the the guesser who needs to try and guess the five-letter word. Think Wordle, but with somebody trying to tease you. <laughs> oh. And so the, the librarian will win if they, if they manage to, you know, so it's timed. So you have two rounds of 10 minutes each. And if, if, if they can't, if they uh, like, mislead you enough that you can't get it uh, within those two periods, then they will win. Otherwise the other team will win if they can guess the five letter word. So each round uh, you will make a guess. You'll have five chances to guess the word. And each time you make a five letter guess, uh, the librarian will tell you four correct clues and one incorrect clue. Uh, the clues being not in the not this letter is not in the word. This letter is in the word, but in the okay. wrong position or this letter is in the right position. So you might get all X's. Well, that means one of these letters is correct. Or you might get, you know, four X's and a this letter is in the wrong spot. But that could be the wrong thing. And it might be none of the letters are in, in, the, in the word. You, you don't know. So you have to try and make. Uh, educated guesses as to what gotcha. the word might be and try and figure out what the librarian is actually lying about as as you guess. So it's if it's it's a word game. So I would say for any Wordle fan out there, uh, <laughs> cool. it's worth checking out if you like word games. I always enjoy word games and trying to figure out. But because of the t- the timer, it really adds on the pressure, right? So it's like. If you're just playing with no timer, well, then it's like, okay, I can get anything. And if right. you give me enough time to think of the perfect answer. And like, <laughs> but because the timer is going, you're like, oh, my God, we have three minutes left to make four guesses. Like, how are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's but cool. I, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. So a small, a very small box. So like like a lot of all play games, uh, it would be a good stocking stuffer because of the size. Um, cool. Yeah. The second one was Sky Team. Which yeah. I think you, you've played recently too. Uh, it's this is a two-player game. It's cooperative, the dice management game where you're trying to land the plane. <laughs> yeah, it and limited communication. You play as a co-pilot and pilot, and you know if if you're a regular listener of this podcast, this game has come up 
probably more than any other game <laughs> this year. Like I, I'm pretty sure if anyone was keeping stats on that. But yeah, Sky Team is just it's just so fantastic. Um you know, I love that there are all these different airports so you can like ramp up the complexity and it kind of gets wilder. But yeah, I played this for the first time at Gen Con and I was just like, oh, so good. So good. And I've just everybody I've introduced it to has really, really loved it. You know, I'm sure it's not going to be for everybody because you might not like limited communication games or games where you're landing planes. <laughs> I don't know. But it's it's. <laughs> But I I really, really, really dig it. Um, and I think like if I was getting a two player game for someone, you know, I this would probably be the one I would pick all the time this year. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, it is super solid. I, I also like the variability from game to game with different airports, different objectives. I think that that's what keeps it, you know, fresh as you play. Yep. Uh, the third game that was on the list I had was Wingspan Asia. I wanted to include this mostly because it's a great game, but you know, Wingspan could easily go under modern classics. It's a game that everybody loves, but you know, to keep it a little bit fresh and different, Wingspan Asia is a specifically a two player standalone game, or you can incorporate it to have uh, six and seven players in your Wingspan. So you could have it as that. Uh, but if you are playing a two player, there is a new like board. So with new objectives to work towards. And I think it, as far as wingspan goes, this is my favorite of the wingspans just because it has oh, that cool. added element of trying to get the certain eggs in the certain terrain type. So you can claim this bonus. And so there's different things to think about and why you're doing it's like more, it's more. And I like that. Yeah. Cool. I have not played Wingspan Asia, but uh, it sounds cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, So just as, again, I'm giving my Candace two cents, um, (laughs) you know, I I think last year we had it in the two-player category that was a new release last year, Splendor Duel, is a really, really good one to check out. And I'm still like always in love with Seven Wonders Duel. Um, Jaipur is always a good one for especially like lighter gamers. And I always tell people like I learned this game on an airplane tray. So it is possible to play that one (laughs) on an airplane. And, uh, they're also like, um, like more, uh, two player worker placement games popping up. Um, Targi is, has been around for a while and it's really, really solid. And this year, uh, general orders world war two, which is designed by David Thompson and Trevor Benjamin, who made like Undaunted Normandy and War Chest. Um, that's another like really good two player, like tense little game in a small, uh, unique sized box, actually. Yeah, but, I mean, you could it, also, including in the, the war theme, you could do like the Blitzkrieg line as well, like all those oh, two yeah. players. So all of those in 20 minutes could be really a good option as well. Uh, but like, like you said, Splendor Duel and Seven Wonders Duel, those are also like, in my opinion, like modern classic Seven Wonders, Splendor, yeah. both. Yeah. Mod- like all these games could easily fit in modern classics that are staples in people's collection. And so it's really nice that they are creating these uh, like two player games as well that people also can enjoy that are different from the big game, you know, the, the, yep. the main game. So yep. Splendor Duel adds a, it's really a nice little puzzle there. I love it. 
Yeah, it's and it's uh, yeah, like and, nice small box, nice components. Yeah, so and now Takedo Duel. Like I don't know if you've played Takedo. Oh, yeah, I played Takedo, but I haven't played the Duel version. It's really good, and I'm not oh. a big Takedo fan, but I'm, I really, really liked what they did with the two player one. So again, another one I just played that I'm like, wow, it's really good. Cool, so th- cool. These little two player games are really good. I know. Can appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in the family games category, you had Cascadia parks and trekking through history i've only played cascadia of these um i've never got around to playing parks but i i do have a friend who says he plays you know any anytime he has light gamers or people who don't play a lot of games he'll play parks with them and he really enjoys that one uh but i haven't played the others or i've I've, that's a lot i played cascadia once and i liked it (laughs) Yeah, it's an easy tile it, yeah. crafting game and you create your like terrains and you score you'll score eventually for for those different terrains that you're creating. Trekking through history is is a new one in the trekking games you probably heard of trekking through national parks and yeah. uh, trekking the world. Uh so this is trekking through history which is actually a card driven game where you're collecting these different cards and it, it it does it very well. It feels different than the other games. It's beautiful so it has a really great table presence. Very easy to pick up. So all of these are fairly easy to learn, have beautiful artwork. It's just it's it, it will draw you in and get like perhaps non-gamers to the table, which is the goal, right? <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, you brought up challengers earlier. So I wonder if that would yes. that that could be another good family game, especially because, you know, it you can play with a higher counts. Yeah. yeah. So and then anybody can join in. It's fun. Yeah. And then like I always like I feel like I really enjoy Polynesia. Um mm-hmm. it, it's it's one of these games that not many people talk about, but you're you're basically saving your little tribe member <laughs> meeples from a volcano that's gonna erupt, which ends the game, and you have to move them onto different islands with boats and you can use each other's boats. And there's uh you play with these two cards that like kind of change up how certain things work each game, depending on which combination of cards you have. But um, yeah, it's it's just like one of these games that I keep on my shelf that doesn't take too long to play. And I think you can get like lighter gamers into. So um, if you're not familiar with that one, check out Polynesia also. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, the five. next category we had was party games. And, and you know, the, again, there's a million games that I could list for this category. Sure, sure. Um, I picked Blank Slate mostly because it's been a huge seller on like Amazon and Target. So people are finding it. Uh, it's a very simple game where, you know, blank toast. And what do you put in, as a blank word or whatever, whatever it is. French. And, and you're trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you're trying to match other people what the blank word is going to be. And so you'll get more points. And, you know, it's very simple, right? But it works well. I gave a, I gave a copy to my mom for Christmas last year. She loved it. Oh, cool. So. Obviously, code names. One Classic. night ultimate whale wolf. Uh, it d- depends on your target, but these games will go over great depending on who you're giving them to, right? Uh, so, you know, yeah, can't go wrong, right? <laughs> and then your your blank slate kind of reminded me of Green Team Wins, like a little bit. Yeah, that, so that is part of Green Team Wins. That's one of the categories in Green. Uh, all day, every day, while I play Green Team Wins, I love. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that's more available now too, which is great. And uh, just one is always a good one to play with uh, 
you know, a bigger groups. Um, sides might be a little harder to find right now, but like what I liked about sides a lot is that you are, you know, have you ever played just one and, you know, you turn around, you're the guesser and you look and everybody is just like, oh, this will be easy. And it's like you look at the words and you're like, no, it's easy no. because you know the answer. Like, yeah. And you sit there. Well, at least with sides, you have a partner that you're guessing with, which I really, really like. And your partner rotates because you just kind of like go around. So, you know, you'll be the partners with the person on your right. Then next you'll be partners with the person on your left. Then the person on your left will be partners with the person on their left. And so you have somebody to bounce ideas off of when you're guessing. So I thought that was really cool about sides for a party game. Um, And then we talked about Ready, Set, Bet, but that is another. Would you consider that a party game? Yeah. See, that's that's, it's you're you're having a fun time. Yeah. I don't know if it's a party (laughs) game, but because it's a little head. It's a little more rules. Probably more family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it should be Ready, Set, Bet. Consider that. (laughs) yeah something it's it's a good time for sure (laughs) all right let's let's get into the midweight games okay um so i put marvel dice throne because marvel is such a hot uh theme these days but you know really any dice throne um you roll lots of dice it's like yahtzee but you have these characters and you're you have these cool combos and you're gonna fire off different like whatever you can roll and you get some chances for re-rolls and stuff. I mean, you have a hand of cards that can help manipulate as well. You can upgrade your character powers. There's lots of different cool things that are happening in this game, but ultimately it's a dice chucker and you're trying to like get your other, po- your opponent down to zero. <laughs> ah, cool. I haven't, yeah, yeah, I haven't played any of the dice thrown games. Oh, it's fun. They're good. Uh, the second one I had was my city because, uh, or my Island, the new one, Uh, It's just, it's so much fun to go through these different levels and open up some like new rules and then incorporate that into what you've already built. Uh, I just, I, I really love legacy games for that aspect. It's, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a lighter legacy game. Like you're just, I wouldn't compare it to like a pandemic or a clank legacy game because it's a lot lighter. It's easier to get into Games are like 20, 25 minutes, you know, and it and so, yeah, you play through a chapter, which is three games and you you have a whole board that's now expanding and growing. So it's awesome. I love it very much. Uh, Terraform Mars, the dice game, which just came out. I I love it. I think it's great. Um, I'm not the biggest Terraform Mars like original fan. So this one works a lot better for me. Um, and I know a lot of like the people I've played with have really enjoyed it as well. So I think, you know, it's worth trying if you're, if you like it, <laughs> if you like cool. Terraform Mars. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I haven't played any of these, but like my city has been on my like to play pile for a while. <laughs> um, and I know, I, I, I suspect I'm going to like it. I almost played Terraforming Mars, the dice game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, um, I did play Ares Expedition co-op though. That and I hadn't played. Oh, Ares I haven't played expansion. the co-op for that's expansion yet. That's, that's was, the one expansion it, I haven't played. Love it. Oh, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a couple other midweight games that I'll throw into the pot. Um, the new edition of the Princes of Florence from WizKids, oh, yeah. I think, is just like really great, great production and such a great game. I'm glad it's you know 
uh, easier to find again. Um, And then uh, the new edition of Iki, um, I think, is like a great medium weight game. Um, and then the Akabono expansion is really, really good and makes it makes it look even more beautiful too. Yeah, but for yeah. Sure. Um, and then I have not played Apiary yet, but I've been hearing great things about it. That also just arrived on my doorstep the other day, so I'm looking forward to trying it out. But I hear it's like a good, like solid, like medium worker placement game. Um, I love the, uh, the theme of it is really cool with these like space bees. It was literally <laughs> everywhere at BGG Con. So yeah. And everyone was missed playing it, it. Yeah. <laughs> except me. <laughs> well, I didn't play it either. I just, I thought. Yeah, it was, it seemed very popular there. Um, cool. And then, uh, let's get into the heavy games. Oh, this is your jam. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I picked games that will <laughs> suit you, but I mean, they're not war games or anything, but <laughs> I went with games I felt are really strong. Obviously, Ark Nova still very popular. Yeah. Still, yeah, definitely. Still, still a winner, in my opinion. Carnegie, which to me is one of the best games to come out in the past several years. I Everything about Carnegie is just Oh, so so crunchy, so good, and there's a lot of player interaction with that one. So, yeah, uh, definitely. And you taught me that originally on TTS. <laughs> true, yeah, I know, it was a while is, ago. Carding is great. <laughs> yes, uh, Teotihuacan, the City of Gods. You know, include all the expansions if you can, and let's just have <laughs> a great time. It's so good. Uh, all these like games are available one, right? on BGA too, Borgi Arena. So, so you could try them out. I mean, yeah. for real, though. Why not? Yeah, Teotihuacan was, like, one of the first heavy games I played, like, when I was just starting to kind of get into heavy games. Like, I would say it was, like, one of the first five games. Because it was 2018, the year I... the 2018 was when I got into, like, the modern board game hobby. That's and, awesome. oh, it, it is a, it's such a great game. It's such a great game. <laughs> it is. Um <laughs> And uh, so, of course, I'll throw in my two cents for a couple other options. Um, maybe a little harder to find, but um, Age of Innovation, which is the new like reimplementation of Terra Mystica. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I think you can get it at the Capstone Game Store, maybe at like so retailers, too. friendly local game shops. But, um, you know, yeah, it's just it's just such a banger. And I realized how much I love like all of those Terra Mystica, Gaia Project games <laughs> and Age of Innovation. Gaia Project's still like one of my faves. Yeah. But. Like these are like some of the best heavy Euro games, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I got to throw in Sky Mines, at, which is the uh, new reimplementation of uh, Mombasa. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. It's such a, such a great game. And then just on the. Uh, Alexander Fister. I'm an Alexander Fister fan, so I got to okay. shout out Great Western Trail. <laughs> Any version of it, um, you know, the a lot of people I know really they're saying like the New Zealand is their favorite. I'm not ready to to say that, um, but I liked I liked Argentina a lot. I love the the base game a lot. I love I like New Zealand a lot. So I don't know. It's like who's your favorite child? You can't you can't just. <laughs> say that they're in all public. fantastic in their own way <laughs> but yeah but those are all like great great games for like gift ideas for heavy gamers if they don't already have them 
Um, and of course, we could probably name a lot more, but we'll keep it there for now and jump to the last category, which is cooperative games. Let's nice. play together. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, you could say like basically any of the exit series or anything like that but in particular i picked the advent calendar that they create and they create a new one every year it's been going on what this is the third one or fourth one or something so that i put in the silent storm which was 2022 uh but basically it's an advent calendar and every day you have to solve the the puzzles of that box and so it's, cool. it's really fun it's great for you know the holiday you know just open one a day as a kid i always had an advent calendar so this like really like resonates with me like yeah. oh yeah i love this idea uh so that's just that's just fun um i put indiana jones sands of Ta- adventure and so this game is very thematic to indiana jones uh you go through multiple levels and you have different bosses every level but basically there's a worker placement phase where you're collecting stuff but every time you roll like a gem you have to put a gem in the sand timer so you don't know how long the the worker placement phase is gonna last (laughs) eventually (laughs) it's gonna be too heavy and it's gonna turn into the real time phase where we have to beat up the guy we have to go in real time (laughs) oh that sounds fun it's it's nuts. It's so fun because it's like it's it's a gimmick, but it's so it's a fun gimmick where like okay, if we can balance it just right by putting it, we'll get another turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool! Yeah, that's so, so cool. It, it's really fun. That's that's a really good family game uh, from. Funko. I did Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know anything about that one, but wow, that <laughs> that sounds cool. And obviously, there are tons of Indiana Jones fans out there. Oh, for sure, and with the movie and everything that just came out, I mean, it's just it's timely, right? So it's good. Uh, the last one I have is Kazuka, which is one of the best games I learned this year. I can't not put it on here because it is so much fun. It is basically a cooperative liar's dice, which is. Oh, I think there's going to be five reds amongst all of our cards. And then the next person goes, well, I don't know. Well, how about six blues? And then we're like, oh, God. <laughs> so, and so your animal's trying to escape the zoo. And, and the better you do each round, you have so many days to escape the zoo. And, and the better you do each round, you'll get like uh, new abilities unlocked. And so you'll have more cards given out. And it's just like, it's a perfect cooperative game. I, I, it's, one of, it's one of my favorites this year. I love it so much. Yeah, and Nikki and uh, Lincoln were talking about it a lot after they played it, and yeah. eventually I bought a copy of it, and I totally agree. It's it's so fantastic, and it's a game that you can break out with like just about anyone, and I love uh, these limited communication games where it's like, <laughs> and thematically, it's like we're all playing as different zoo animals, <laughs> so naturally, we're not speaking the same language if you're a snake and I'm a zebra or something, you know? Exactly. So we can't talk about the cards in our hand, but we're just trying to use the information of how we're moving things on the board to to get as far as we can before someone, like, calls the mission. So, yeah, Kazooka is really good. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Super fun. <laughs> um. And then uh, I would also add off list uh, the crew mission deep sea um, yeah. is still like a really really solid cooperative trick taking game. Um, if your family or friends enjoy trick taking games or card games, something you can bring to a brewery or just you know it's it's just really f- I I think it's really fun to like work together with people and and that one can get pretty challenging. 
Um, and then along the lines of the crew, a new release, which I don't know how easy it is to find or not, um, but it's Race to the Raft. And this is a game based in the, like the Isle of Cats world. And you're trying to get these cats to the raft. And it's a cooperative, like you're laying polyomino tiles and trying to avoid fire. But there's an aspect of limited communication where when people are placing certain tiles, nobody can chime in. Like they have to just, you know, do what they think which is nice because you you know eliminate that quarterbacking that sometimes can be found in cooperative games. Uh, but also, I really like that it scales up in difficulty and like the uh, like the crew games. You know, it's like you as you play through, um, and you can play everything as a standalone scenario. But like I imagine, when you play with the same group, you'll kind of like get in that like headspace of like you know, we're like the mind or something like it feels satisfying as you move to each different type of scenario, but it changes up the rules a little bit, adds a little more complexity. I've only played it once, but I liked it a lot. I backed it. Um, and I awesome. haven't played my copy since I got it, but I really liked it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was race to the raft as just a bonus, another bonus throwing, but yeah, that's the, uh, that is the BGD holiday gift guide for 2023. Steph, thanks for all your help, like, you know, and knowledge of just like playing all of the games. Um, <laughs> hey, I do what I can. I know a yeah. lot. So I got to use that knowledge somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to the next time I see we you at a play Nemesis. Yeah, we got to play Nemesis again. I'm not going to be satisfied until I get to be one of the people who wins. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's like I'm done I won that's it I know no I more. know we'll see if he asks to play it anymore <laughs> oh, awesome thanks Steph of course you've been listening to the Board Game Geek podcast produced and edited by Candace Harris special thanks to Matt Fonda for editing and mixing our music be sure to visit us on the web at boardgamegeek.com you can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitch under Board Game Geek. You can reach us by email at podcast at boardgamegeek.com. Thanks for listening and happy gaming!